Hello, my name is Andrew Gomison, and it is my privilege each and every week to be your host for the Speaking for Him podcast. I'm really excited, as always, to share what I have for you today, and I'm so glad that you have taken the time to join us. If you are a first-time visitor or if you are a returning visitor, please make sure that you give me some feedback by contacting me with the contact information that will roll at the end of the show. I would be super glad to hear from you. And so would my guest. If her story helps you and encourages you along this journey that we call the Christian life. My guest today is Cameron Robinson. She is a recently graduated high school senior who early in her high school years began to really struggle with who God made her, and this manifested itself with her decision to transition to a male. Fortunately, she did not reach the point of surgical transition, but she made a physical transition to living and identifying as a male. She quickly realized, however, that God made her the way he made her for a purpose, and that no matter what changes she made to herself, she would never be a male because God made her a female, and he did not make a mistake when he did so. So I'm super excited to share Cameron's story with you, and we will get to that in just a moment. But I just wanted to give you some thanks for listening, and for all those who have prayed and supported me over the years, Please continue to do so. I can only do what I do by the grace of God and with the help of so many around me. If you haven't taken the opportunity to listen to the Culture Watch podcast that comes out each Monday on your podcast streams by speaking for him, I would encourage you to do so. The Culture Watch podcast takes a look at a few news stories each week from a Christian perspective so that we can address these issues with grace and love when they are discussed around us. Because although we are not of the world, we are certainly in the world, and we are called to shine as lights in it. With that being said, I will not take any more of your time. I will simply ask you to sit back, relax, and enjoy the story of redemption that is the story of Cameron Robinson and how God transformed her from darkness to light. Well, I am thrilled today to be able to sit down with my new friend, Cameron Robinson. Cam, I saw your story, I think a couple months ago on Facebook, and in light of all that has gone on in our culture, um, specifically having to do with the way that we uh, find our identity and the way that God made us as far as our gender identity goes, thought it was important to sit down and hear your story. So thank you for joining me today, and I'm excited to share this with my listeners. Thank you for having me. I'm very excited to get my testimony out and hopefully help somebody else who is struggling or has struggled with the same situation that I've been through. All right. Well, let's start out by you just telling me about your childhood as much as you want about how you grew up. 
Yeah, so I went to church uh, growing up. Most Sundays, I wouldn't say every single Sunday and every single Wednesday night, but I did go to church. I knew who Jesus was. And it was more like just checking off a checklist. Like, okay, got it done. Let's move on. You know, the whole time I'm in church, I'm thinking about where we go for lunch, you know. So that was my relationship with the church growing up. Like, I know who God was. I believed in God, but I didn't have a relationship with God, if that makes any sense. Um. I prayed before I ate, and that's, and that's about it. You know, God is great. God is good. <laughs> and um, so that was that. And then um, I have three older sisters, and they're all really, or not, not all of them, but the one that's above me, the one that I was closest to growing up, was super girly. You know, she liked the makeup and the dresses and the top pink, and I wasn't like that. So whenever I hit puberty, I would ask her all these questions, and, she would constantly be talking about boys, and I didn't understand that. I didn't, like, I thought boys were gross, you know, and I liked wearing jeans and T-shirts, and I could care less about makeup. So I had this idea of, oh, I'm different because I'm not full-out girly, you know. Um, and that was basically what led me to transition when I was 14 years old. So how does that process start did someone at school plant that in your head did you see something on social media and did you grow up with christian parents i guess i should ask that first were your parents believers yes so both of my parents grew up going to church their whole lives and then they brought us to church so actually my parents told me that my siblings, they were all really involved in church growing up. But when I came along, like, the one older than me, she's five years older than me. So they were all pretty, you know, old enough to sit in church and, you know, be quiet and all that by the time I came along. And my mom said that it was just too difficult to get four girls already just to go sit in the nursery with the crying baby the whole time. And so I'm actually the reason that my parents kind of, you know, dissolved away from the church. Um, which I think because they, it was just seemed a burden to get everybody ready just to be miserable because I was such a fucky baby. And that's what led us to changing churches and not going as frequently. But yeah, my parents were Christian. Um, and actually my dad got baptized like two weeks ago. So I'm very proud of him. And my mom jumped right into it. She couldn't, she couldn't stand there and watch, you know, the left out. But she was like, me, me too. <laughs> my turn. So it was really awesome to be there and witness that. Um, but as for who planted the seed, it was social media, I would say. Um, I live in Mississippi, so there is a stigma around the LGBTQ community. You know, they're seen as, you know, unholy and, um, you know, just you kind of turn your nose to them. Like, it's just very um, unnormalized around here, stigmatized. And so... I remember I've never had a lot of friends in um, middle school specifically. I didn't have a lot of friends and my best friend went, became homeschooled. So I really didn't. My friends were the teachers. Like I would sit with them at lunch and snack time. <laughs> um, so I looked on my Instagram to find friends. I had a lot of online friends. Sorry. And um, that led me down a rabbit hole. <laughs> And, I mean, now you, you can't look anywhere without seeing a rainbow flag. 
and I got very inquisitive. I'm, you know, an inquisitive teenager looking for friends. I'm like, oh, what is this? This community wants me to belong with them. They want me, you know, they're opening, they're welcoming me with open arms, and I don't feel comfortable in my skin. You know, I'm not really like my sisters, and that kind of spiraled. You know, I thought, well, um, you know, I don't really like boys. I mean, like, they're cute, but they speak, and, like, they're kind of gross. I mean, I'm 13, 14. <laughs> boys stink. <laughs> Maybe I like girls, but they don't stink. And they, they're pretty. So, so then I was like, okay, well, I'm a little. And then I was like, well, I really feel good in boys' clothing, and I'm not very girly. So that went into, okay, well, you're transgender. And then it just escalated from there. So was this something that, of course, probably at first was kind of something that you just did at school and hid from your parents? Is that something I'm understanding correctly? Yeah. So actually, um, it was New Year's of 2020 that I was like, that I decided I was going to be a lesbian. And then by the time school, like we went for spring break, in April and never came back, you know, for the coronavirus. So all of this mental processing was happening, you know, behind the scenes. I was at home in my room, isolated. All I had was my phone. All I had was social media. I didn't have any other social interaction. Church was canceled, couldn't go to church. I didn't have any way to escape the noise you know that I was constantly consuming um and that's really why zero to nothing it completely took over my life so how long would you say the process is from when you first decided to transition to when you felt like you had fully transitioned and moved on to this new identity so here's the thing about transitioning you are never fully 100% transition because you're never fully 100% male that's the trickery of it they tell you hey if you transition you'll finally feel comfortable in your skin but the truth is you never will feel comfortable in your skin because you never will be completely male because you're biological female and so you're always chasing that more and more and more so I, let's see, it was probably May, May, whenever I was like, okay, I'm a boy now, or April, April or May, it was around that time, I was kind of playing with the idea of it, and then May was when I was like solidified, yes, this is who I am. So I was just going to ask you, your name is Cameron, and Mm -hmm. that is a name that is used by both boys and girls. So do you think that had at least a partial impact on the way you were feeling about yourself and your decision to do this? I've always loved my name. I've loved my name. I continue to love my name because it's unique. Well, not so much anymore, but at the time it was, especially the way it's felt. And there's not that many girls in here. It's primarily a male thing. Um, but it was more like, convenient instead of like oh my name's Cameron I'm a boy you know it was more like because 
you know, I was consuming so much LGBT content to fuel my fire that I would watch all of these YouTubers who have transitioned or going through transition and I'll hear their stories. And a lot of them had to change their name and had to get people refer to them as different names. And I never had to worry about that because my name was Karen. <laughs> you know, I did make a list of names that I was considering changing my name to. If I did transition, like fully medically transition and become male or identify as male, um, I did have, I was thinking of the name Joel and Ben. Uh, I think were the two names that I was considering were Ben and Joel, but Cameron is my name. <laughs> so I was, Well, I think you hit on something so important a few minutes ago when you were talking about not being comfortable in your skin, because we haven't all had the desire to transition or be a different gender than we are, but I think we've all struggled with identity. I struggled because I'm in a wheelchair, and for the first nine years after I became a Christian, when I was five years old, I was like, hey, God, I know that you're taking me to heaven someday but living here on earth kind of stinks. And if you could heal me, that would be great. Cause then I could serve you. And God had to teach me some tough lessons about how he formed me in the womb and he made me for the purpose that he made me. And he didn't have to change me physically to, to fulfill his purpose. And I'm glad that in your own way, you discovered that, that God made you for a purpose. He made you Cameron, the woman for a purpose and that trying to change that was not going to, as you said, lead to satisfaction because you are who you are and no amount of surgery or, or cutting your hair or, uh, taking testosterone would have changed that. You still would have been you. You just would have been in a thicker disguise. And so I really appreciated that perspective. So now you are identifying as male you're embracing this community as much as you know how what was the process to start to bring you out of that and show you who you really were yeah so like i was saying i never felt comfortable in my skin um and that a lot, a lot of that deals with, I was, a, I was a fat kid, you know, and, you know, and middle schoolers are mean. And so I got bullied and like, I didn't have a lot of friends. So I got bullied for that too. And I was like, why me? You know, like I haven't done anything wrong. You know why? And so I thought maybe it was the way I looked and I got a lot more attention being a boy, which a lot of it was negative, but I liked it. I liked the attention. Um, so going back to what led to my descent, because I was never destined to be a boy, attempting to be one caused me to have more distress in my skin. So I thought I was more confident. I thought I liked the way I looked, but in reality, the things that I used to worry about, like my stomach or my thighs, now I was worried about my chest and my jawline. I still had these insecurities, just my insecurities changed. 
the body parts I was worried about changed. And but my insecurities related to those things were increased drastically. So maybe I wasn't worried about my gut anymore, but I was severely worried about, oh, I got to make sure my chest is flat, blah, 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 blah. Because if not, my cover is going to be blown. I'm five foot one. Okay, my cover's gonna be blown anyways. Okay, <laughs> I'm very, I'm this tall. <laughs> okay, like I didn't look like a voice. I don't know why. Anyway, but because I had distress, but I didn't realize it because I was so into this idea. I started to tweak my wardrobe, so I would, I would, I started doing eye makeup. So I've never been into makeup, like, like foundation and stuff before, but I was into eye makeup. So I would still dress masculine at school. When I say dress masculine, I'd wear, like, button-ups open with, like, a white shirt underneath with just, like, shorts or something. But I would have, like, winged eyeshadow or something. So that kind of, that was a little more feminine. So I went from being a male to more androgynous non-binary. So kind of like, am I a girl? Am I a guy? I don't know. I'm here to confuse you, <laughs> you know? And I started using he, they pronouns. So people, I wanted people to address me as they. They didn't because why would they, <laughs> you know? I'm a girl. <laughs> but um, so it wasn't like wake up in the wake up one day and I'm like, I'm a girl again. It was a very subtle, I'm going to add this piece back into my wardrobe. I'm going to add this. Um, I'm going to start doing this, you know, with my hair or whatever. Um, and then eventually it led to, uh, me fully coming back to reality. So did you come back to reality, as you say, as a woman before you came to know Jesus in a personal way? It was all in one moment. So people ask me or people will message my mom and be like, what did you do to save Cameron? I have a child who's in a similar situation. Please help me. I don't know what to do. And the only answer you can give them is God. God is the reason he pulled me out of the depths of hell and brought me to where I am today. So let me back up. So in November, it was November 18th, twenty. 21 okay i had been identifying in the as part of the lgbtq community for almost two years at this point right um on november 18th of 2021 i got suspended from school for vaping on a field trip and uh because because when i transition transition it wasn't just physically, but it was who I hung out with, the things I did, things I found as um, acceptable that I partook in. You know, the LGBT community is such a sexualized community. Um, I started doing things that I'm not proud of. uh, And so my mindset and my morals changed drastically. So I vaped at a school field trip. I was going to tour college and I begged on the bus. And so I got suspended from school. And that happened to be the Friday right before Thanksgiving break. So not only did I have days off school, but I had a whole week. 
So I had a whole week plus my suspension. So I had almost, it was like a total of like 10 days that I would be out of school. Okay, when my mom worked at the school, so she was came stomping down the hall. What is it? You know. <laughs> so, uh, I got grounded. Obviously, got in a lot of trouble. Obviously, no phone, no TV, no computer, no friends, nothing. Right. And so it was just me, my mom, my dad, because all my sisters were out of the house. And it was a time for me to just reflect on my lifestyle and the life that I had been living. And it was, I had a dream and I was in between uh, two curtains. It was like on like a, like a stage, like on a stage, you have a big corduroy curtain and then you have like just a regular curtain. And I was in between them and I had people beating me up on both sides, but I couldn't see who it was. But the, when I pulled back the curtain and see, it was all of my friends and people I called my friends. So I've translated that into these people who I thought loved me were tearing me down and bringing me to my lowest point without me even knowing. Um, so my mom drug me to church. I was very unhappy. But my sister, she said, hey, I started going to this new church. I think it would be really beneficial for Cameron. Bring her. Let's see what happens. So my friend goes to the church, and I was like, I'm going to sit with her. I'm not going to sit with um, my parents, figure my nerves, <laughs> you know, um, and the preacher starts preaching, and, like, the first words he says are, there are only two genders, and <laughs> my friend actually told me this last night, she said that I looked at her, and I went, triggered, <laughs> I don't even remember doing that, um, so the preacher, my first time I go to this church, he preaches on transgender, and sexuality, and there being two genders, and by the end of it, I was on the floor sobbing, filled with conviction, filled with guilt, filled with the Holy Spirit. And that was November 20th, I believe. That was November 20th, so two days after my suspension. And I was, that, that was it. I was changed. I got baptized in April of uh, 2022. That is so exciting to hear. And that's really all it takes is for the Holy Spirit uh, to be working on a heart and for the heart to be ready. And it seems like even though you weren't willing to admit it at the time, God was already working on you because you actually started wearing makeup after doing this transition to male. So you knew that you were still struggling uh, with who God made you. And then he brings you to this breaking point of this suspension. Um, your parents force you to go to church and God meets you there. That is so awesome and exciting to hear that story. Yeah, I definitely can resonate with that too, because in my, in the height of my bitterness towards God, you know, I'm this 14 year old kid in a wheelchair. So the only thing I can do is, go along with my family when they put me in the van for church, because even if I tried to run away, my battery would die before I got very far. And so I didn't have that opportunity. Um, but God broke through and, and made a real difference in my life when I hit 14. And that's when I surrendered to ministry 
but it's just so exciting to hear other stories of how God has worked in that way to bring people to himself. And I know from personal experience of watching you online that you've received a lot of hate um, from the LGBT community for your stand and your detransition. Um, I've actually, um, you know, watched some of that take place and I've been so proud of you as you have stood for the truth. The world does not know the power of God because Romans tells us that no man seeks after God. We can only come to God if he makes himself known to us. Jesus said, um, you will only come to me if my father draws you to me. And I think if we were all honest, we would know that that's true because there's so many times when our natural bent is to go against God and yet he draws us to himself out of love. And I just really see that in your story. So that's really exciting for me uh, to be able to hear how God had worked in that way in your life. So now you're embracing your femininity and your womanhood, which is awesome to see. I see the joy of Jesus on your face. And so that is so awesome. And it's so great to get to know you. My next question is, how did you meet your boyfriend, Ethan? Yeah, so uh, it's kind of like a friend of a friend of a friend. So after church, during BBS, I made this friend with this girl who um, me and her, but she knew my struggle and she has alopecia and everybody thinks she has cancer and she's like, no, I'm fine. I just have alopecia. She doesn't wear wigs, nothing. She embraces it. And like the same way I embraced my story. So we kind of hit it off and became friends and bonded over our, you know, trials. Well, she was like, I have this friend that's moving to your, cause we don't go to the same school. She was like, I have this friend that's moving to your school. Can you take care of her for me? I was like, that was great. So first day of school, I find Alexis, and I'm like, hey, I'm friends with Anna Kay. She told me to, you know, look out for you. Um, About a week or two later, she starts talking about this guy named Ethan. I'm like, who's Ethan? She's like, oh, he's basically like my brother. We go to the same church. We've grown up together. We're best friends. Y'all would actually be pretty good together. I was like, girl, be quiet. And she's like, here, here's his number. So I give his number, and I did not like him at first. <laughs> and I was like, uh, I'll go on a date with him, but will you, it has to be a double date. <laughs> she was like, okay. So we went on a double date, and we've been together ever since. We see each other almost every day. And that was 10, 10 months ago. That is awesome. I love that story. So you recently graduated from high school, which congratulations on that. That's a big accomplishment. Been 25 years for me, believe it or not. What is next for you? Yeah, so I have no clue what I want to do. <laughs> I have a lot of ideas, but I'm very indecisive and I get burnt out very easily. So and I'm going for communication. I'm going to be honest, I'll probably end up being like a teacher or something <laughs> because my mom's a teacher and I'm, uh, I'm bossy. So why not? <laughs> and I like to talk. Uh, but as of right now, no plans are set in stone except for the college I'm going to. I'm basically, I'm just going to get my basics and then I'll, 
once I move to university, that's when I'll specialize in college. What's the name of the college you're going to? East Central Community College, ECCC. All right. That's awesome. Yeah, I think there is uh, a lot of pressure on kids to know what they want to do when they come out of high school. And I can tell you from life experience, I had one plan when I graduated and there are elements of it that are true today, but it, it definitely is a different picture than what I thought when I graduated. So I don't think that very many people actually have this etched in stone 50 year career, uh, especially in today's job market, but definitely not when they're coming out of high school. And so there can be a lot of pressure in that way. So definitely um, something we can pray for you about. Um, But is there anything else that we might be able to pray for that you are uh, thinking about or dealing with right now? School is a big one. It does cause me a lot of anxiety, but I just think of, um, I forget which verse it is, but it says, um, it basically says that, uh, God will lead her where she wants to go or it's something like that. It's like, I think it's in Philippians. <laughs> I can't remember, but it's like God is within her. She will not fail, uh, her, uh, he will hold her. He has her plans. Um, I don't remember how that, but it's something like that. So I'm, I'm not worried about it because I know that he's under control and he, God knows what he's doing and where I'm supposed to go. He will lead me there. Um, and I'm just taking it one day at a time, but still in the back of my mind, I'm a little worried because I'm definitely a planner. I like to have everything in order and with August approaching, um nervous because <laughs> I don't even I don't know what I want to do um but that was an argument I made actually whenever I was transitioning people were like oh you don't even know who you are yet well how do you how do you know you're you're a boy how do you know you want to go this and it's like well like how do you know you'll want to you still want to be a boy in five years and I was like well there's so much pressure on us to figure out what job we want to do for the next 30 years, you know, that was kind of like my argument, but, um, I mean, kind of fell through. <laughs> yeah. If I could do anything, I would be an OBGYN, but it's a, I want something where I have set hours because I want to be able to come home and spend time with my family, my kids and cook supper and stuff like that. I don't want something where I can get, call it out in the middle of the night. Um, so I want structure. I like structure. <laughs> Structure's good. Um, but if I could encourage you, there is uh, a gentleman in the Bible that felt uh, much the same way you do. His name was Moses. And God met him one day in a burning bush and said, Hey, Moses, I want you to lead the children of Israel out of Egypt. And Moses says, say what? And uh, God said, yes, Moses, I want you to do this. And Moses made all kinds of excuses. And then God just said, hey, Moses, I made you for a purpose. And 
the other thing is the key point that I want to bring you to is at the end of that, he said, go and I will tell you what to say. He didn't say, I'm going to tell you what to say first. He said, go first and then I'll tell you what to say. And so as you head off into this adventure that is community college, know that you don't need to know all the answers and that God will direct your steps as you go along. Um, so I hope that encourages you. But as we're drawing to a close here, and I do thank you for your time, I wonder if you could think of anything specific that God is teaching you uh, from the year 2023. Probably to just trust him and be patient because I'm not a patient person. I want things done now. I want answers now. And this isn't just about school. It's multiple things in my life um, where I have prayed and prayed and seen the results. But in the back of my head, it's like, it's all in God's timing. If he doesn't want us to happen right now, it's not going to happen. And as soon as it happens, I'm going to be thankful and grateful that he, you know, made me wait. Because good things take time. And um, just don't lose hope. <laughs> continue to, even if it's not happening, continue to pray for it. Don't give up because, you know, pray and you need to you pray in times of grief and then you pray in times in thankfulness. Um, I just think of Job, you know, he lost everything and he prayed and he had everything and he prayed. Um, and that's kind of what, what God's teaching me is just, you know, pray and be patient because good things are on their way. All right. Well, my final question is, do you have an all-time favorite Bible verse or maybe one that's just been running through your mind and heart in recent days? Um, I would say uh, be not of the world. Um I'm not very good with memorization, um, but it's the one that is, uh, you know, we live in the world, but don't be of the world. So, like, I don't know. Like, again, I'm not good with memorization. I believe that's from Romans 12. And we're yeah. told to be not conformed to this world, but mm-hmm. be renewed um, by transformation of our mind that Mm -hmm. God does through us. And I will have um, the exact verse on the blog uh, for this week because we're both butchering it. But the idea here is that we can trust God to do the things that he says he will do. He says in in Philippians chapter one, verse six, um, being confident of this very thing that he, which hath begun a good work in you will be faithful to complete it until the day of Jesus Christ. And then the final verse that I would want to leave you with is uh, the proverb that says, man plans and the Lord directs his steps. Sometimes we're standing at the precipice of a couple good options and we're worried that we're going to make the wrong choice and it's going to totally 
alter our lives in a way that God doesn't want it to. But please know that God's ultimate will will be fulfilled. And if they are two good options, pray, ask God for wisdom, but then be confident moving forward. Thank Can you I so add much. one more thing? Absolutely. Um, Psalms 23, uh, Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures, leads me to water. Uh, that, oh, and also the parable of the, you know, 99 and the one uh, sheep, that is something that really connects with me in my story because he led me back to him. You know, he left the 99 to bring me back. He guides me. He leads me to where I need to go. And it's not good for, the reason he left the 99 and brought the one back is because it's not good for us to be alone and on our own because we will suffer and we will die. Not only away from him, but away from people in general. And that's what led me to fall down into this deep hole is because I was alone and the devil snuck in like he does whenever you don't have proper guidance and you don't have God in your life. And so I, I forgot to mention that earlier, but the symbolism of sheep are one of my favorite things in the Bible because they're just so um, innocent and pure, but they still need God's guidance because they can be snatched up just like that or they can go missing and wander. Um, but he always brings them back, and um, and he always takes care of them. So I just wanted to add that. <laughs> well, absolutely. God is so good to us. He's so patient. Psalm 103 says he knows our frame. He remembers that we are dust. And I love the fact that he loves us anyway. Well, I have had the privilege, as you've been listening, to speak to Cameron Robinson over this these brief a few moments and I hope that you are blessed by her story. If you have any feedback for us, please make sure that you include it with the contact information that will roll at the end of the show. And any that you send, I will pass on to Cameron as well. If you want to give her some encouragement with that being said, I will simply say thank you very much, Cameron for being here today. And I hope you uh, were blessed. Thank you for having me. I've enjoyed it so much. And um, we should do this again. I've had a blast. All right. We will. I We will keep in touch. And it would be great to have you on again uh, at a future time. So there you have my conversation with Cameron Robinson. I want to thank her once again for being willing to sit down with me and share her story She is just so vivacious and so joyful and so full of the love of God that I'm excited to see where she goes from here. God has said that he will be faithful to complete the work that he begins in us, and I'm excited to see him continue that work in Cameron. If you've been encouraged by this story, please feel free to give me some feedback with the contact information that's about to roll And if it is directed toward Cameron, I will make sure to pass it on so that she is encouraged. You heard that she enjoyed her time with me and is looking forward to possibly returning to the podcast, and that excites me as well.
Well, that's all I have time for today, but I hope that you are encouraged and I hope that you will continue to keep serving the best of masters. Thank you for listening to today's episode. Your host has been Andrew Gomison, founder of Speaking for Him. For more information on today's show and to leave us comments and voicemails, visit speakingforhim.blogspot.com. You can find Andrew's ministry at speakingforhim.com. That's speaking, the number four, H-I-M. You can also interact with us at facebook.com slash speakingforhim and on Twitter at Speaking for Him. And when you look for us on iTunes and Stitcher, let us know what you think of the podcast by leaving a rating and review. 